So with it, we've read John 1, 1 to 12. Hopefully you've got your finger in that. And as I was thinking about the life exhibition that we've got coming up this week in the school, the song that really came in my head was probably not appropriate. Now, not it wasn't appropriate because it's dodgy. It's a Christian song, but it's one we don't usually sing at this time of year around October. It was Heart the Herald, Angels Sing. And it used to be my favourite one growing up at Christmas because it was the one that my nan's church always had at the end of the service at Christmas Day, so you knew presents were near. <laughs> so probably I didn't listen to the words at all growing up, but now it really gave me this verse in my head saying, Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. And that takes the quote directly from John 1.4. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The life and the light that Jesus brings. How many Germans does it take to change a light bulb? Nine, good, good answer, but it's not the one on the card. Good, but it's not right, as Roy Walker would say. How many Germans does it take to change a light bulb? One, they're very efficient and they don't like humour. <laughs> also, like, uh, talking of Christmas, I bought Joe a fridge for Christmas. I can't wait to see his face light up when he opens it. There are my light jokes. We're all right. We can move on from that. But actually, when we think about light, we are entering a time of literal darkness, aren't we? Darker mornings, earlier darker nights. Some of us get a bit sort of trepidatious when we, we're putting the clocks and we're changing those. But remember that God is light. Because actually, even just the changing season for many people can change how we feel, doesn't it? We've heard more recently about SAD, about seasonal adjusted disorder or um, how people can get depressed, seasonal adjusted depression, depending on whether it's light or dark. And remember though, in the Bible, the very first words God said were, let there be, we can do better than that, let there be, that is so significant, isn't it? Because if I was starting building and creating, I'd have probably said something a lot grander, like Azerbaijan or something like that, or let's create. This is going to be magnificent. You're going to see the best thing ever. I'm going to sell it. But simple words, let there be light. And that is so crucial, isn't it? When we're thinking about God being light, is knowing that was the first thing was uttered. The first words that we have record of, first words in the history of time that we know of, were let there be light. And we know that Jesus brings light. He's described as the light of men. And his mission is described in John 1.5, as we've read, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You know sometimes when you've been on camp and you're told to bring a torch and you bring a torch and you, you put it in your bag and you've been out to Halfords or whatever and you think you've got the best torch and then they say, let's go on the midnight walk. 
And it's usually the exciting thing. Usually they happen about quarter to nine, the midnight walk, because no one wants to stay up that late. And you've got your torch and you're really excited about it and you're like, yes, this is going to be the best. Some people are that fancy, they've even got the head torches. Their hands are free. So if they trip on a gnarly route, they're okay. But then you go out in the dot and you switch that light on and you realise it's not powerful at all. It wasn't a thousand candles, as you were told. The darkness seems to have got the better of it. And you're trying to walk and you're trying to find where you're going and you're struggling and you probably do trip over and get muddy hands and sort of, it's not good. But Christ's light is something that is better than the darkness. And remember that at the start of his ministry, Jesus quoted the prophet Isaiah, words that people have known, and used them for himself to say, the people in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Now remember that it also says in the Bible that light has come to the world, but people liked darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And it's an odd thing because I used to be scared of the dark growing up. I'm not too bad with it now, especially if I know where I'm going. But just a short walk from my youth club to home used to pass a wood, Blackwood Wood if you know it, and you only saw a bit of the wood, but that was the bit where I ran when I was younger because I did not like the dark. And everything else was street lights and things like that. But in that wood, it's fine at day. I'd go through there every day to school, no problem at all. But the darkness changed it. And the times, like it was right on the edge of where my cub and scout group was. And really, to if you, I'm not going to give you a whole map of Streetly, but with it, the, the scout hut was right at the edge of Blackwood Wood. So all you needed to do was probably go about 200 metres, or it was a long walk round. So sometimes you're like, I've got to do it. And I'm like legging through the, through the dark, like just expecting lots of things to leap out at me and all things like that. So I cannot understand where it says that people prefer darkness. It doesn't make sense. But remember, a lot of what we do and the way we live our lives doesn't always make sense. How we rebelled against God and did things that we preferred to do. That doesn't make sense when you look at the Israelites and how God just worked through them mightily. It doesn't make sense how one moment something amazing happens, a miracle, and then the next thing they're doing their own thing and worshipping something else. It doesn't make sense. But remember that the evil deeds we do bring darkness. We've often said about um, when we see news, all oh, these are dark times we're living in. And sometimes, as we heard last week from Dr. John Andrews, things that we see in the news, and especially when we're worried about our budgets, we can go, this feels like a darkness. This doesn't feel good. Remember, though, later in John 8.12, Christ, in one of his massive I am statements, says, 
I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, my dad has got to the stage where he seems, I don't know why, but he gets National Geographic, which is good, but for some reason he seems to get two each time. So I get a copy, which is very good. It helps me feel very learned as I read it. But in the 2001 edition, October, if you want to look it up, there's an amazing article on the power of light. And the article says this, light reveals the world to us. Body and soul crave it. Light sets our biological clocks. It triggers our brains, the sensation of colour. Light feeds us. It supplies the energy of plants to grow. It inspires us with special effects like rainbows and sunsets. Light gives us life. Changing tools from incandescent bulbs to lasers and fibre optics. Scientists don't fully understand what light is or what it can do. They just know it will illuminate our future. And especially that bit at the end, scientists don't fully understand light. And they try their best to fully understand everything, but they can't. They can't get everything about it. And that just makes me chuckle when you go back to the first words of let there be light. And other texts that link to this, 1 John 1.5, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. John 8, 12. We've touched on this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, the other day, I was taking a couple of young hoodlums back from the, uh, the production we were doing with the youth, taking them back. I'd slightly got lost so, uh, and then you usually find when you get a bit lost, aren't you? But then my car started to have a bit of problems. So, two things of the thing. Firstly, I broke down, which is not good. Yeah, thank you for the RH. Everyone else is very indifferent about my plight. But secondly, I had to ring one of the parents of somebody I was giving a lift to. And I could hear when I'm trying to say where I actually am, I'm going, how on earth have you ended up there? Why are you there? Why are you by Bentley Bridge? But anyway, they did not question that. They came and got uh, the kids in the car. But later, I was able to fix the car. Hooray, yes. Yeah, well, well done. Now, oh, I get a clap from Ken. And you might think it's because of my mechanical expertise. It isn't. It's Google. Very helpful. Now, obviously, Google does have its limits when it comes to mechanics. But one of the hardest things was then when I'm trying to add things and check all, going through all the different things it could be and checking the connections, making sure every fluid is where it should be and all that, is then trying to make sure you've got the right amount of light because it was dark at that point. So with it, got my phone, got the light on, put it on the sort of front of the car. But the problem was, every time I started doing something, it was slipping, so I was trying to, like, get into the light. But it, and then you've got your hands full as you're doing something, and you're like, oh, try and do it and try and not do it. But re and that sometimes can be our experience, can't it? It can be that even though the light's there, we might feel that the light's not where we are. And sometimes that's because we're, again, 
love in that darkness. Now, you might think, no, I've been a Christian for however long. But remember, sometimes our focus on God goes. In the letter to the Galatians, it says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And that doesn't, often we tend to think, oh, that's a massive thing. So it's like a big bewitched. But actually, the words tend to suggest it was just put slightly off course, just slightly away, slightly away from the light. And that can sometimes be how we are. We know Jesus is the light of the world. But are we living in the light like that old DC Talk song says, I want to be in the light as you are in the light. But as well as bringing light, Christ also brings life. And we're so pleased this week that life is going to be in this hall, literally and spiritually, the life exhibition. And remember, once God created light, life followed, didn't it? So day one was light. Day three, life started. We started having the trees and the plants and all the things there. And then day four, five, six, life followed. Now, I used to love the experiments at school where you used to have, like, different things and you used to, you know, like, you were, they had some crests or something and then the crest was all great and then they're like, right, you need to take this home and put it somewhere where there's no light. You need to put it where there's no heat. And they did all these different things and then you basically, look, everything died, really. Like, I think it was whether it was no water or whatever, it was showing there were different things that you need. And there are a lot of life that doesn't need light or constant light to survive. But however, light is incredibly important for long periods of survival. Just imagine if you were living in a place where you got no light. And they've done that. There used to be prisons, didn't there? A bit like in Batman, uh, whatever, the Dark Knight Rises, where people were put in places underground where there was no light. And then when they came out, their eyes weren't working properly. Their, um, the whole way they walked, because they weren't uh, used to walking fully, all the parts of their bodies didn't work properly because of being deprived of light. Paul, in Ephesians 2.1, states that we are dead in our sins. Like those crest plants. If I'd been really interactive, I should have brought some, shouldn't I? And you'd have gone, oh yeah, they're dead. The crest is dead. They didn't have light. But I didn't. You'll have to imagine that. But here, imagine that idea of how then, once a plant is dead trying to re revive it. I've tried that in my garden for years. It doesn't work. Once it's gone, it's gone. But here, Jesus' death brought life. It made what's dead, our spiritual souls, because of the things we do, think and say that hurt God and hurt other people. But actually, what it does is then brings that death to life by Jesus' death on the cross. Jesus said in another of his mission statements, like that Isaiah chapter that he quoted, he also said, I've come that you may have life and life to the... Should we go again? Life to the... Full. 
The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And remember, once we have that life, then what should happen, so Christ brings light, that light brings life, but then what we should be doing is sharing light and life with those around. From that life flows light. Matthew 5, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine, like the song earlier, and what our kids are going to be singing that later when they're having their light party. Instead of Halloween parties, they're having a light party together and just having a tremendous time of fun, and for many people, just Halloween is quite a time of darkness, isn't it? But let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This week in school, hopefully we're bringing life and light in a sensitive, inclusive, but really powerful way. One of my friends, and I'm not sure if this is true, but they tell me this happened. So, you know the song, Shine, Jesus, Shine? Yeah, you know, Shine, Jesus, Shine. At one point in Christianity, um, in early late 80s, early 90s, it was illegal to have a church service without singing it, wasn't it? Like, you'd be arrested, you'd be sent wherever, you had to sing it. And the end bit goes, Let there be light. Now, they promised me that you know sometimes in certain churches you get open worship where people then start singing. So there, let there be light. Somebody starts singing, there is a light that will never go out. There is a light that will never go out. There is a light that will never go out. Which, spiritually very true, but I don't think Morrissey, and was it the Smiths that, yeah, the Smiths, yeah. I don't think Morrissey is usually used to be done in worship. Maybe, Joe, that's a suggestion for the future. And probably you couldn't use the whole song because it talks about like double desk buses uh, sort of killing people and stuff. But that actual thing he said happened in a service. And actually, that is very true. God's light doesn't go out. Again, we may sort of go across into the darkness, but remember, and I think there are people who really need to hear this, that God's light is burning brightly. Brighter than the strongest torch, brighter than the light, brightest light, brighter than the sun itself. God's light is huge. But what is amazing is that God calls us to be part of that. He doesn't say... I am a light of the world and you're a reflector, says you are the light of the world. We carry that light with us. So how are you bringing light and life? What you don't have to do is clear the chairs wherever you live or work and suddenly bring an exhibition in. But 
one of the really good things about Lectio 365 that uh, probably about six months, Rachel recommended it when we were talking about the Bible and the power there. And I was like, oh, I'll try that. Now, firstly, one of the problems is that there are lots of different voices on it. And I tend to, to our house group, give a critique of which voice I like and which not, which I think ruins a bit of the Lectio 365 to some of them. So sometimes I can sort of bring things down a bit, so I do apologise. But quite often when I'm listening to it in a morning, driving to school, it says, how are you going to bring God's light to the people that you work with? And sometimes you forget, you think, oh, even though we've got a Christian ethos in the school, there are things that you can do and you can't do, and sometimes it's quite a scary thing. But actually, just being reminded and prompted of that regularly informs my prayers about how I can be that light, how I can shine that light, and asking God for opportunities. So how are you bringing light and life? What opportunities maybe do you miss? Because we're a bit timid and we need to pray for that, just a bit of boldness. Maybe we need to know that we are in the light. We need to know that God's light is shining brightly. Remember Paul was Saul, Persecuted loads of people, big rotter. I think that comes from the Greek rotterus or something like that. Big rotter. He saw a massive light, didn't he? On the road to... Very good. 100 points, everyone. And with that, then he became blind. But he turned his life around because of... Not because of the light, but the words that were shared there. Paul then didn't wait for a witnessing class. He didn't have like a course of how to share Christ with the friends. He immediately went out and shared what he knew about Christ. Now, a lot of people in the Bible did that, didn't they? They experienced something and they just had to share it. Sometimes that's where the darkness can seem to creep in and we get a bit like, ooh, Maybe our work wouldn't like it. Maybe it's, they, we, there are sensitivities with our families. But remember, God's light never goes out. And we are the light of the world. That he's given us that mantle that we can carry. So Paul immediately shared what it went out and shared what he knew about Christ. And at the time, the limited knowledge Saul or Paul had about Jesus was, he is the son of God and he rescued me. Maybe today you haven't heard that before. Maybe when I've been talking about living in darkness, you think, hang on a minute, this is something that re I'm really struggling with. And I haven't heard about how Jesus died for the sins and the things that I've done wrong. Maybe you need to talk to someone about that. Maybe when we mention darkness and you think, well, that's all I can think of. I know Jesus is the light, but I'm struggling with the darkness, the things around me. Well, again, maybe that's someone you need to talk to. Now, I know there's a rotor for the prayer group and they're not on today, but I'm sure they'll be more than happy to pray. So if you would like to speak to someone, please speak to myself, Joe, Rachel, and we'll grab a keen person once they're not putting chairs away, things like that. But there'll be people who'd love to pray with you if you think any of those applies to you. But also as a challenge to us, as the band comes up now, we're going to sing about everyone needs compassion. Everyone needs that kindness. Everyone needs to know that light.
And it's Christ in us who is the hope of the world, who can bring that light into situations. So as we sing this song together, let's just think about how we can bring that amazing light. Let's stand together. I'll just pray and then we'll sing. Father God, we thank you for that promise. We thank you that you bring life, that you bring light. And we thank you that we are people who can bring witness to that light, like John in that passage. We pray that you'll give us boldness. You pray you give us promptings. You would help us know when to speak, when to listen, when to stop and when to go. But that we would just carry your kindness, your love and your light into the situations we're in. We pray for Kevin and Anita and the work they do that you just, again, that light would just go in all those areas they've mentioned and all the places that haven't booked yet for life exhibition, that that would just be such an amazing exhibition around this country, Lord. So help us be your light, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you.